This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, Billy, as I keep forgetting to mention my own name. I am joined this week by the prize fighter himself, Dean Ford. How you doing? I'm all good, Billy. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Now, I will say now, uh, we are recording this in November. Uh, so just in case you're, you're looking at Dean there and thinking, Hi. that is a Kraken Bronson-esque uh, moustache, that's why it's there. Uh, it might still be there when, when February rolls around, when, when this goes out into the general public. Uh, but if you're watching this on the Patreon, which you should totally sign up to, uh, it will totally make sense because it's for November. Uh, I usually go for the boring question first, but we've mentioned the, the moustache in the room. Uh, who are you raising money for? Is, is it um, uh, raising it's money for It's a November health? charity for men's mental health. Excellent. Um, I think right, we'll do the... We'll just get right into the mental health bit because uh, Stephen Louch, uh, who you've spoke to before on Tuck of the Drop, yeah. uh, he just he just wanted to, to put over uh, your social media uh, by putting over uh, sharing out mental health related stuff um, that you've always shared, shared it and he wanted to just give you a little bit of props for that. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. Thanks, um, Stephen. So we'll probably get into it a little bit more uh, as we go along, but we can't stop without asking the first boring question, which is, how did you get into pro wrestling? Uh, right, so mine's is, is pretty strange. So my first memory would have been like, I think it, it must have been between 97 and 98, because I think I was about four or five at the time. And I'd never ever seen wrestling at this point. And I was, I was up at my cousin's house and he's like maybe 10 years older than me. So he would have been about 14 or 15 at the time. And he put this wrestling on and I didn't really know what it was. And there's this wee guy with a mask. Just jump about a wee mini luchador. And it turns out, looking back, it was Mascarito Sagrada for Treble A. So I don't know. I think the WWF are doing like a partnership at the time. I had no idea. This was like my first ever encounter with wrestling. Um, so that was it. I never really, after that, never really bothered to it. And then, I don't know how long later, maybe a few months or whatever, Saturday morning as a kid getting up early, mum and dad are still sleeping, just flicking through the channels. And I find uh, Smackdown on Sky One. And it was... The Undertaker was cutting a promo during the Ministry of Darkness era and it was like this big backdrop with lightning and it was like a church and stuff and obviously at the end of the, the promo he, he does the eye roll and I can just remember being totally drawn in as this wee five-year-old kid like I don't know what this is but it's cool. <laughs> So that's that's a bit of a, a bit of a difference. You went from the 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 yeah the ninety the weird ninety seven year where where yeah WWF were trying to make partnerships with everyone. Uh, yeah, the cool luchadors from AAA. Um, that 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 rumble that year is just a, a weird concoction of 
of everything. Um, and yeah, then going, coming to what, does it must be 99 then, right about then, Mystery Taker? Must, so, I'm doing about that. I am not entirely sure exactly, but doing about 98 and 99, I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah, so the runoff from the, the, the new gen into, into the Attitude Era. Uh, so that was it from that point, Undertaker, I roll, hooked. Yeah, for then on in, that was me every morning. Just try to, obviously we never did internet or that back then, so we're just doing as much as you could to find out more, just by watching it, and i seen like, the games and stuff, and just constantly like, saying to my dad, where can we go, I want to buy figures, I want to find merchandise, get my dad to travel length and breadth of the country, and that was <laughs> it for, for that day on, just obsessed. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I was in the same boat then because I started watching around about 99, 98, 99 as well. Uh, so that was, it was, of course, 2000 was the Channel 4 time, which was the best time because you got to see Heat on Sunday. And then if you're lucky, you got like Raw Rumble or or uh, f- Fully Loaded or something on Channel 4 uh, yeah, as well. That was the best time. Uh, but yeah, I remember that as well. I, I wanted to buy figures. Do you remember what your first figure was? First figure was actually a WCW Macho Man. Oh, was and it the, had like the sunglasses and the frilly boots and stuff. Oh, was it the like the NWO? Uh, yeah, 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 with the macho and like white, like a, a wee belt and stuff. Ah, oh, cool. That's fine. Uh, yeah, mine was mine was draws, which is just random. <laughs> it's just draws. Uh, so yeah. At the time, I didn't even know who Macho Man was because. I was only watching WWF at the time, and that must have been maybe a year later or whatever. Nitro was on Channel 5, and then I started watching that as well. Goldberg and Sting and all that. So just a totally different thing for watching even WWF at the time. Of course, yeah. Uh, I would have been, it was a worldwide that you watched on Channel 5, and had like, uh, well, I remember anyway, if someone got hit with a chair, they would come up with the big Batman Kablams and and that oh, over I can't, it. I can't can't remember that far back exactly, but I can just remember. I think it was a Friday night. It was on Channel Five, and Goldberg. As soon as I seen Goldberg, I was like, "This guy is cool." Um, so how did you, so? Of course, wrestling wasn't your first sport then uh, for for yeah. actual doing it sport. Uh, kickboxing yeah. would, would was quite near start was. Was it we were always quite an athletic background before you got into kickboxing, like football and stuff like that, or was it just straight um, into not, it? So I, I played football as a kid and I was always quite active. So like going out playing and climbing trees and always playing wrestling in the garden with my friends and playing wrestling in the living room and trampolines and whatever. Um, and I was always I think it's in, for that age, as soon as I seen wrestling, that's all, all I thought about. But back then, there wasn't really anything that I knew of. And I uh, started to get interested, you know, like boxing and, and kind of martial arts and stuff. And I started training kickboxing at 11 um, and just kind of took it from there. So, so it was like you're, you're um, as close as you could get to wrestling, kind of start yeah, off point. Yeah, obviously wrestling was my first thing and then as I started getting older, my, my dad was quite a big boxing fan so I would watch that and then 
as the internet started to kind of get bigger and YouTube became a thing, you just end up in a rabbit hole looking at different things. And I, I liked like John claude Van Damme movies and Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that. So it was it just ended up being the route that I, I ended up going, sort of thing. And uh, I mean, not not to put it lightly, but you you've been pretty successful uh, in in the kickboxing world. Um, one of the questions I got was, of course, there's a there's a, all manner of belts that you've, you've collected. Um, Stevie, uh, Stevie uh, ABC, he did a, a video for yourself. I think it was part of uh, Pro Wrestling Scotland or Pro Wrestling Innovation, one of the two. And yeah. uh, he was uh, he wanted to ask about the history of, of like the belts that you've won and what belts you've won in in uh, in kickboxing. So if you want to speak a little bit, what, what have you won? Show yeah, off so I've won four British titles and nine Scottish titles. As just a different weights or Yeah, so all the way for I think I won my first at thirteen up until adult level. Just obviously as you get older you get through different weights and different age categories and stuff. So I Okay. Um so did you find uh like when you had to transition from oh actually we're speaking about belts what belts in the background of that picture that Alexander Darwin McCallan always uses? So that's one of my British titles. Um, uh, probably my favourite, to be honest. That's how I like to. Well, I mean, you ain't got the thumbs up with it. it. It must be must be high up there. That, that infamous picture. <laughs> it's, yeah, the one I use for, for getting the pictures in as well, because it's just... I mean, I've started doing it now because it's just so, it makes me laugh so much. I've but, ended yeah. up just doing it now just <laughs> to pop myself. I know, it's, it's, it's just Kyle Adams and legs, so I was like, why not? Just run with it, see what happens. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's ADM's fault that I've started doing it, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if, as long as it's like, I, I write, pal, you can just throw it anywhere it's great it's a great picture um so yes one of your british titles excellent so did you find um transitioning when you actually saw there was a school in airdrie uh where you trained um do you find the contact nature of it was a little bit uh easier to transition with because you did the kickboxing so much or did you find it a little bit harder because you didn't have to actually kick people so hard it was it was easy in, in certain respects and really hard than others. So because I was pretty fit and athletic and stuff, like a lot of the basic movements, like the rolls and stuff, and like the, the actual fitness of it, I took to really well. But when it came to like the contact and stuff, it was like trying to retrain everything that I knew and like turn it upside down, if that makes sense. So, for instance, like, obviously, if I'm fighting a full-contact kickboxing fight, my aim is to hurt the guy as much as I can. And although I might be hurt, I need to pretend that I'm not. And obviously, in wrestling, it's it's almost the total opposite. So yeah. you're trying to make it look as if you're hurting people without hurting them and make it look as if you're hurt when you're really not. So it's like... Just it took it took a while, um, but I like to say I, I've got there in the end, hopefully. <laughs> and were you still doing uh, kickboxing competitions at the same time, or are you still 
Obviously, nothing's to, happening. To start right with, now. I was, I, um, I was just kind of tailing away for it. That was part of the reason that I decided to start wrestling is because I just kind of got to the stage with kickboxing that I wasn't really enjoying it the same. And because I had trained for so long and it just became part of my life, I couldn't go for like, training almost every night to just do nothing, so I needed something else to fill that time. If you know what I mean, another interest, and that's when I decided to do wrestling. Um, but I, I was still training and stuff, but that kind of helped as well. Like even some of my my kickboxing coaches and stuff, they, they would help me with stuff, like ideas, and I, but do you think this would work? Or, so they, they were pretty good for that point of view. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, if, if you're tailing off, at least you didn't have that kind of awkwardness of one weekend you're you're uh, um, pretending to be hurt and and not hurting anyone else, and then next weekend you're trying to to kick lumps out of someone and just yeah. try not get them mixed up because yeah. I don't think uh, anyone would appreciate it. I mean, the guys you're fighting in the kickboxing might appreciate it if you're not hurting them, but the, the people the people in the wrestling. Maybe not so much if you're, if you're just putting them. <laughs> um, so you started it, uh, well, started in Airdrie. Um, of course, you must have got your start around about there as well. So what was it like going into your first match? I mean, kickboxing would have been more focused sport. You're aiming to win. You're not really, you're not trying to please the crowd. So when yeah. you go into that first match and you have to get the crowd involved, uh, assuming heel, just because usually kickboxing. No, I was actually babyface my first match. Can't imagine his baby face. Nah, it's just... it, it, it turned out that wasn't really the right for me. But um, I actually thought I would be fine going into my debut because I had performed in front of a crowd before, albeit obviously it's completely different. But I thought by having that kind of experience, I'd be okay. But I was absolutely nervous, wreck. Like it was horrible. Um, I think because it is so different, like as you said, when you're competing in a fight, you're not caring about the crowd, you're only caring about the guy that's in front of you, where wrestling's completely different, where it's probably more about the crowd than anything else, you know what I mean, that's the reason that you're there, so it was just a totally different experience, it was a bit of a shock to the system to be honest, but it was good at the same time. Yeah, um, wrestling—it's just, just a performance art, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think I think you can see places uh, like abroad and just anywhere doing all these flips and doodads and what have you. But uh, really, all you need to do is wrestle in wrestling is just get the crowd reaction, and then once you have the reaction, it's yeah. straightforward. In my opinion, from someone who's just sat in a crowd who's not actually done it, <laughs> but I think once you've got the crowd, you can do literally nothing, and. You'll have you, you still have the best match on the card by doing nothing. So yeah, so yeah, it must have been just a really a real real change. The first match I saw you in live uh, was in W3L. Um, that's when yeah. you came to Elgin. At that point, you weren't you weren't Dean Ford. You were simply Ford, which is uh, number four, capital D. Yeah. Ford. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, I'm sure. Um, but I remember it. You might not remember it because what happened, but uh, you end up coming out of the ring and cracking your head off the off the just the wooden ground 
and splitting your head open. Um, so this is what maybe what a year, if that into into your wrestling. Not even. I think maybe six seven months. So um, other than. I debuted in the December, and I think this is maybe like the, the June or the July, something like that. Must have been, because it's often around my, my birthday, so it's July. It usually yeah. come up. Um, so, so other than the floor, what was your first thought going through your mind uh, when that happened? So, that wasn't actually what sparked my head. A lot of people seem to think it was, but it wasn't. So, what happened was, I, so, to get back, I was pretty nervous because I think it was one of the, the first companies I'd worked for out with, like my own my kind of parent company. And obviously I was brand new, I was green as grass, I'd only been on shows a few months. So I'm thinking, right, all the way up to Elgin, hopefully I'll put in a good performance uh, and I'll get brought back. I think it was one of my first times working heel and I've not even made it into the ring yet and I've slipped on the apron and took a back bump on the floor before I've even got in the ring. So that was a, a great start. Um, and I got in the ring and the referee said to me, well, at least it can't get any worse. Famous last words. So um, it was myself and Kev Williams in that match. And we got to about halfway through the match and he hit me with a bubble bump. So on the way down, as I've landed my bum, whatever's happened, I've took like a whiplash effect and my head's went back into his face and we've collided. Oh, and I've turned no. around and seen him holding his face and I was like, oh shit, I've, I've hurt him. And what I didn't realise to the end of the match was that I was covered in blood. And... Obviously, his uh, think his teeth or his face had collided to the back of my head and spot me on. I didn't even realise this at the time. I just kept wrestling. It wasn't a, after a match. I looked down and my full body was just covered in blood. And I was like, oh well. It, it was certainly one way to leave an impression. I mean, Chris, you came back out afterwards um, with yeah, the big, so big massive bandage and everything. It wasn't as simple as just going home. I had then to wrestle again so uh, that was an experience well at least it showed I mean like you say about six six seven months into into your actual in-ring career that you were just quite happy well quite happy but you were willing to just to keep going and and come back out and and do that which I mean for me I was the first time I was seeing you and uh otherwise seeing you kick folk on gifts and and what have you so it left pressure on me I mean um I wrote about it uh, as as just the Scottish wrestling guy, but I certainly enjoyed it. Um, so it made me excited to see what else you could do, which I got to see again when uh, SWA came up for Rock and Wrestle, however long, yeah. two, two years, two, three years ago. Um, or be long, I have no idea. Time, time has gone just merged. Yeah, this year just erased all time. Oh, the, the last episode that I've recorded was with... Um, uh, Omar Mohammed and we, we're just sitting there just going I don't know what dates watch because this is because coming out in 2021 but we're in 2020 and we're speaking about last year but last year's 2020 and the recording and then and it's just we're just <laughs> like going I've, I don't know anymore we're just gonna guess at this point um, yeah, just make it up as you go 
So what was behind the, the slight tweak in the name from Dean Ford to just Ford, like the 4D? Was there any thought or so, did someone come up to you and go, that? No, I, I so I, I don't know if it was when I had started training or before I started training. I can't really remember, but I had this great idea. Why don't I just do 4D? And I thought it was amazing. And everybody that I spoke to was like, that is absolutely horrible. Like, and I was like, no, it's cool, man. Like, 4D, 4. And it wasn't here, like, I don't know how many people had been like, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. That is guff. Just use your own name. And I was like, all right, okay. I, 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 I could see I could see honestly I could see your thought behind it because if I saw it and it said 4D and I thought oh, I get it Ford oh, that's cool yeah and but then, if you don't know then it just does a shambles yeah in my head I was like that's dead catchy that's cool that's a, that's a really t-shirt back, I was like that was absolutely awful <laughs> well we've got to go through these, these things before before we uh, settle down so yeah. your character is obviously extension of yourself kickboxing uh, lots of uh, strikes and, and punches was that just a that was your comfort level were you just happy just to go with that you weren't you weren't uh, rushing to do any flips and, and well actually to start with I had these great ideas of being this big high flying sensation that was my initial thoughts because well, at school and that I'd done like gymnastics and trampoline and stuff so I, I was quite able to to do some stuff and that and that was always the kind of wrestling that I liked growing up like Rey Mysterio Jeff Hardy RVD sort of thing but I don't know when it was I came to the realisation but I was like I've got these skills I've learned in the past 15 years like fighting I've, I've fought all over the world do you know what I mean was it why waste what I already know do you know what I mean and I just thought it would be better to just, as you say, be an extension of myself using the skills that I already have. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not the easiest way, to, but it's like, it's the most comfortable way. I mean, there's no point in, in uh, trying to change the wheel if, if, if you've, you've already travelled on it kind of thing. That's a terrible yeah. analogy, but that's, that's the one I'm going with. Uh, but yeah, so, so, and also, to be honest, in Scotland, you don't get that many strikers at the moment. Well, they're coming through now, links of uh, Ian yeah. Skinner and, and uh, well, Bradley Cole's more a grappler, but it's like you don't really get these hybrid wrestlers at the moment. Um, so that you... was kind of my thinking at the time as well, because like, when I, I first started training, I was just starting to watch ICW, and uh, obviously at the time, Tom, well, Alistair Black was Tommy End in ICW at the time. And he had this kind of similar style, but there wasn't really anybody else that was doing that at the time. So I thought it's kind of different, do you know what I mean? And it's something that I'm more comfortable with. So that's kind of why I went for it. And obviously, with my moveset and stuff, I, I take a lot of inspiration for Alistair Black, do you know what I mean? That was one of the guys I, I first kind of looked up to as well. So, uh, so you've, you've ended up travelling along well across the country and to England as well for, for Shield Pro Wrestling. 
Um, so it was just a case of, of picking up opportunities when you could, or was it just uh, were you on the camps as well? Would that am I thinking that right as well? On the camps as well, yeah, yeah. So how, well, how was how was the camps for you? Just because that that's again from people that I've spoken to in the past, it's it's a different environment because it means you just do less and less and less for a bigger reaction, yeah. but multiple times a day. So how, how is that? Was, yeah, for me, that that's the best experience, but learning experience I've had to date, 100%. Like, people don't realise, like, I see on, online and stuff, like, the camps gets a lot of stick, but like, yeah, certain audiences and certain groups of wrestlers and stuff like that, I just think it's mind-boggling because everybody I, I know that's worked for whatever company, All-Star, Megastar and WW, doing a full summer, it's like a full schedule. Like, it's as close to as a full schedule as you would get in this country. Like, I think it was a nine-week run we'd done and it was five or six shows a week for nine weeks. Like, at that point, I think I was only two years in, if that. So I was maybe wrestling once, twice a month. And when I, I got the opportunity, I just quit my job straight away. I was like, just spoke to my manager and I was like, listen, I've got an opportunity that I really can't pass by. Uh, it was a no-brainer. Like, I didn't even have to think about it. I couldn't pass that opportunity up, do you know what I mean? And since that, I've, the level that I've game for then is just night and day absolutely i mean nine weeks um five or six shows so uh, you're looking at what 54 matches at least uh during that run unless you come back for a battle royal or something like that towards the end and that gives you 50 54 opportunities to to tweak a cat a thing um add a move try a move and um yeah i, I don't i don't i don't often see because i my Twitter, my Twitter, when I see drama going on on Twitter, I'm just like, I can't see it because I seem to be following all the good ones. But uh, it's, I can, I don't know why people would look down on, on camps. Uh, I can see, I've seen shows that are just terrible and I could see yeah. why people would look down them. But um, if, if you've got a, a, a camp experience with, with names that have been trained by, by recognisable talent and, and got a reputation for putting out good talent, then 54 opportunities to... That's 54 more matches than you would have got if you didn't do the camp. So it's just, yeah. I don't get, I don't, I, like I say, mind-boggling. I don't, I don't see why anyone would. Uh, like you were saying as well, like you're learning how to work people. Like going to a, going on a wrestling show, even a family-friendly show, is one thing and keeping them entertained. But they're there to see wrestling. So they're going to watch it regardless, unless it's absolutely awful. But the holiday parts is different because you're going to a different crowd every day and the majority of them aren't even interested. They're only there because it's part of their holiday package. So your job is more than just wrestling. Your job more an entertainer. So it's more kind of, no comedy, so it can be, but... It's like an all-round thing. Like, if you can entertain people that aren't wrestling fans, then entertaining wrestling fans should be easy. You know what I mean? So you learn a totally different side of it. And as you said as well, some of the talent that come on the camps, like some guys, I, I would at that stage, I would never get the chance to work with. You know what I mean? Guys like 
BT Gun, Liam Thompson, Dean Allmark, Rampage Brown, even just been amongst them, even if I'm not actually wrestling them, just been amongst them and listening to them and picking their brains and stuff, like, that's invaluable, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, proponents for, for camp shows is William Regal. You, you always hear him yeah. speaking about it. I mean, if, if you're going to look down on, on something, but not look down on, on Regal, who is who is by, who, who is talent relations, head of talent scouts for NXT and, and all that kind of stuff, then wait, what are you doing? It, it must be just me getting the offers, I'm thinking. Yeah, and they so, that much, so I don't even know if I should be saying this, but he sent his, his son over to work the camps the year that, that I first done it. His, his son was learning to be wrestler and that was, he says, this is the best way to learn. Obviously, flew him out to England and made him work the, the full camp line. Exactly. I mean, but it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If, if it's if it's good enough to, for for head talent scouts for the biggest company in the world to put their son on them, then absolutely. And I think uh, David Finlay done the same, and he started out. His dad put him on the camps, and look at him now. He's in ROH New Japan. One of the best wrestlers in the world, so. So it's, it's definitely uh, something to, to aspire to be as well. Um, yeah, so, uh, so you work many places in Scotland, so Rock and Wrestle, SWA, um, of course, uh, Home Promotion and Pro Wrestling Scotland, Pro Wrestling Innovation, where you've, you've kind of struck up a partnership with uh, Danny Edwards and Matt Tyson. So... Yeah. How did that all come about? Was this just a, you got all guys came up at the same time or, or was there anyone that was putting you together or how did that get? Um, so, obviously when Pro Wrestling Innovation started, they were using a lot of guys that are like the same guys as other shows and they were looking to do something a wee bit different just to have something that's like an act that you wouldn't see anywhere else so Matt Tyson was becoming a manager at the time and they just decided that it would be a good fit to put us together and I really enjoyed it because it was something completely different from I'd, I'd never really worked with a manager before and it helped me learn more and kind of branch into different things as well so I, I was totally up for it for the get go um, had great fun with it trying different stuff, doing some funny promos and stuff. Um, and then it was a wee bit later they decided to put Danny in the mix. And I th- I feel like the three is bounce off each other well. We've got three completely different characters, but I think they kind of blend well. So it was, it was something cool, something different. So a lot of fun, man. It's definitely another another feather in your cap to work with a manager, especially if, if, if you got a manager that's charismatic, which... Uh, Matt is because I've, I've seen yeah. his promos for, for uh, PWI um, it, it, at least it gives you that little extra edge where you don't have to say anything you just have to kind of let your, your face and actions do the, the talking but you still have to use your face face and actions so you can't just sit there and just do nothing so it is, it's, it's not a bit of a, a learning experience. Um, yeah. Speaking of, of PWI we do have a question from Krieger, well not so much a question he just put Ask him to tell the story about when he jogged me out on karaoke. 
so I can't remember when this was. Is it? Is it last year or the year before? I can't remember exactly, but we ended up in a a night out one night. I think it was after the camp, so it would have been the summer. So myself, Krieger, and a couple other guys, I can't remember exactly, we ended up at a pub and uh, they're doing karaoke. So myself and Krieger like a wee duet and again. So we'd been up and we'd sang one song. Can't even remember what it was for the life of me. So we got a few more drinks. We're like, I'm all doing our duet. So I try to think, what can we sing? What can we sing? And I was like, got it. We'll sing, don't let this... Don't let the sun come down on me. Elton John and George Michael, and he was like perfect, brilliant. So went up, said to the DJ, he's all right, boys, your turn. So I've started singing, and he kept got a butt in, and I was like, no, you need to wait till your back comes up. But unbeknown to me, the DJ hadn't put the duet version on, he'd only put Elton John's version on. So I just sang the full song, and he just stood there. For like three and a half minutes, then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just, just imagine I just sitting in the corner just going, no, <laughs> okay, but uh, okay, so yeah, uh, did, did, he, did you get uh, another goal or was that was that a night Tiger uh, huffed off and was just like, not me doing anything? I went in a half, he wasn't happy. So, he so, cast it up at every opportunity. <laughs> So what would be your ideal uh, karaoke song then? Would it, would it be that? Or have you got a, a one in the back pocket that you like to go for? Myself and Tiger like, like a wee rendition of Avon's in the stream. I, I that, would, that's probably our, our go-to. I was going to, back in my head thinking, oh, it'd be funny if, if, we, if we did that, but I'm not, I don't want to, and I don't think you want to either. <laughs> go, go do a wee bit of rendition of Island in the stream. Um, just because. Oh, that would just give him something else to moan about. <laughs> oh, no. I, I've been told that my singing is is the worst thing in the world because I don't sing. I just like warble, like moan. Yeah, mine isn't great either, but I think we're all guilty. You get a, a few too many beers and you're like, oh, I've got a great voice, man. Let's, let's go. Oh, yeah. There was many a time where I remember doing Blink 182 thinking I sounded just like them. And then when I play back in the morning, going, I just screamed that. Oh, for- awful. Three minutes. Um, so we've got more questions in, uh, not just about your karaoke. Um, someone on Facebook, which I'm assuming is your mates, because uh, the first one is from Mark Bryson, uh, which just says, "Does Dean Ford still wear women's pants and makeup when he's home alone, or is he going out of that now?" So not always, only occasionally. I saw your. It's got quite lonely, so you need a day. You need a day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's lockdown just now. We need to, to fill the days, um, do whatever. But I saw your, your Halloween costume, um, which totally dates this this, this along with the, the Tash. But uh, yeah, I saw, you, saw your Tiger King uh, jokes. Well, that's yeah. actually where the, the Tash came from. I, I never actually intended doing November. So I've always been a, a massive Halloween buff. But I don't know, it's just a time of year I... I was, even for November, right to the next Halloween, I'm constantly thinking, right, where can I dress up as? Always. And it's just, I wasn't letting lockdown come in the way yet. So Absolutely. since Tiger King came out in like February or March, I was like, 
that's happening. Hundred percent, that's happening. My so, my plan this year was going to be a uh, uh, fat Thor, but I wasn't going anywhere. So what was the point? Just because it was like as soon as I it's it's the beard. It's beard and bald head. So you kind of you're limited from that point onwards, and you can't go into a lycra suit if you're a bit chunky like I am. So that's just that's out of the question. But uh, as soon as I saw Thor in Endgame, I was like, Halloween done. That's it. It's it's made for me. Uh, I'm glad got, I never got to see that now. Uh, maybe next year I'll, I'll uh, bust out a card. The cardigan. Just the. It's just a big Lebowski costume, minced it really, except with a hammer. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted a uh, Mjolnir. But uh, apparently, I've, I'm I'm too grown up to get a, a Thor's hammer. So maybe one day. That, that's the excuse. That's the one. That's I'll get a, a hammer just just so I can dress up as a man for Halloween. Uh, good to me. We've got Chris Rob with uh, a couple of questions. Uh, one we've kind of already covered, which is is he keeping the tash after November? Which we've established maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, see see how we go. Uh, are you just hoping to it goes right down like uh, the Hulk Hogan? No, so that, that's what I had for Joe Exotic and then it was awful so I trimmed it back a wee bit and then I've just gathered this. But I'm quite, I'm quite liking the, the wee Bronson curly bits. Keeps me amused. So makes, yeah. uh, it makes you feel smarter as well when you just spend your time just twirling it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's put, Chris has also put, does uh, Dean Ford shine his head or is it normally shiny? Which I'm a little bit offended by. Mr. three times a week. I've not actually shined it. So you can obviously see it's not as good as it should be. But Thank you. So you can see the glare that I've got off, off the light above me. So at least it's it's just the one of us that's uh, dazzling the screen here. Um, yeah. But no, that's just, I'm a little bit offended by it. As a, as a balding man myself, uh, it, it works. You know yourself, how, how difficult is upkeep? It's awful, man. Well, mine's really irritating because I'm actually not bald. It's all hair, but it's super blonde, which yeah. no one believes me until I have to like, coerce them, go touch my head, which is never a good conversation for anyone. But it's like, well, no, it's hair, trust me. But uh, yeah, it goes from a, at the moment, I really need a haircut because it's like a horseshoe, dark, yeah. and then blonde at the top. So yeah, I'll keep terrible. I just have to, I do it myself, but there's always a, a big... I'm the same, but I get lazy and then the longer it gets, it's just even more of a hassle. Do you feel it gets like a mullet at the back? You're just like going, no, nah, this isn't right. Yeah. So during lockdown, when the first lockdown hit, I was like, I'm just going to leave it and just see what happens and it just I left it for ages I left my beard for ages and I was like nah like almost yeah I, I was the same well. yeah I, I pretty much got I was marched. hoping it would actually grow back but it it was at bits but then it was like transparent at bits and I was like nah get it off so, <laughs> no I, I pretty much got marched upstairs with bear clippers going nah this is going this is going now if 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 uh but yeah, I tried the beard for a bit and I trimmed it back once and it hasn't grown back the same way and it's really annoyed me because it was quite long and proper at the start of lockdown and then I thought, I'll oh, get a wee trim and it's just, this is where it stayed. It's not going any further, uh, which is super annoying. Uh, the last question that Chris has got here is a great one. Why are dogs so awesome? I don't know, they just are. I would, I would uh, have 
my dog is a special guest, but uh, she is deciding she's sleeping downstairs. So fair enough to her. Uh, I, would, I would choose sleep if, if I could. But uh, yeah, dog, dogs are just the best. So we'll go back to your matches because it's a wrestling podcast. Apparently. Yep. Uh, was it your first title win? Was it the tag titles at Shield? Was that your first was, title? Yep. So what was it like uh, winning a title in pro wrestling? Obviously, we can't discuss who you were tagged with, but uh, what was it like getting a title? Yeah, it was it was really cool, man. Um, so I think I'd only worked Shield once or twice. Um my debut was a singles match, and then my second match was the tag titles, but I was like, obviously just getting down to lose. So that was fine. Um, and then the promoter had messaged me and said they were quite enjoyed that match. Um, I think at this point, somebody else had won the tag titles, and it was one of the ones that we weren't there. I think it was Tribad. It's uh, Paddy Flanagan and Hayden Tempest. They had just won the tag titles. And I, I, Paddy had posted something on Twitter and I just commented on it with two eyes. Just like, I'm bored. I'm just going to wind him up. So we ended up going to a back and forth on Twitter and the promoter loved it. And he's like, we've got to give you a tag title match. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. Got there and he's like, He's a Irvine, and I was like, that's brilliant, man. I didn't expect that in the slightest. So then we ended up getting into a feud with him for, I think it was five or six months, which ended in a, I think it was a four team gauntlet, and we were the first team in. That was hard, man. Um, but it was a, it was a cool, wee, cool wee run. Because obviously, most companies up here don't really run storylines because they get different crowds all the time, but the good thing about Shield is that they've got a really loyal fan base, so every month you go, it's the exact same people, so they can run storylines because the same crowd are coming back every month, so that was the first time I kind of got to do stuff like that, so that was really fun, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's also, I mean, a lot of trust put into you as well, because you're going to a new environment, uh, totally new, it's across the border um, as well, so... Uh, was was a little bit daunting. I mean, when you're working up here, you probably see quite a few of the same faces wherever you go. Um, yeah. But going into a totally new, I mean, you would have had people because they usually have quite a few from up here go down to Shield. But um, how was it going into a totally different locker room? Um, I knew a few of the boys. I'd worked at UCW before. So I'd worked with Assassin and Nicky Starr previously and I knew a few of the other boys just who been on the show. So it was quite daunting to start with, but the full locker room, like they couldn't they're just a great people, man. Like it's like a, a family atmosphere down there it everybody gets on great. So I it was it was brilliant, man. Um but it was quite weird as well because when we first went down Always down were all heels, and we were like the biggest heels on the show. They absolutely hated us, man. And I don't know if it was, I think because Tribad at the time were such big heels, they decided to turn us babyface. And 
I thought this is not going to work, man. Like they absolutely hate us, and it was as if because they hated them so much and we beat them, we just became the biggest baby faces in the company, and it was like ridiculous, man. Like from one extreme to the other, but it just shows you how committed the fan base is. Like if they accepted, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, man. Because I, I hadn't done a lot of tag team wrestling at that point. I'd done the odd one, like. Showcase matches are the, the odd show where you just get through in like you and another guy. Um, but that was the first time I had like established a team sort of thing. So get, it was a learning experience for me to do more tag team stuff because I enjoy tag team wrestling. I always have, but I just never really had the chance to to do it as much. So that was that was cool, man. And obviously being babyface when I had obviously most of my career I've been a heel. So again, you're you're learning on that regard as well. So that was good fun, man. Um, so another question I've got here, just because we're speaking about you going all over the place. So yeah, a, a brawl wasn't it? Yeah, UCW. Um, also went as far north as as uh, Keith Ness Pro. Um, so we've got yeah. Dave uh, Whitelaw asking, "Where's the greatest place you've ever wrestled, and why do you pick Thurzo?" Thurzo is actually great fun, man. I I loved up there. Um, I don't know if it's because they're so far out of the way like most of the wrestling you know yourself even like in Elgin and stuff there's not an awful lot it's mostly through the central belt so in Thursday there's very very little and I think there's only three shows a year up there so like sometimes when you're wrestling like Glasgow and surrounding areas People just, it's there that often that they just expect it, do you know what I mean? But in Thurzo, it's a big thing. Like, some of these kids I've never seen wrestling before. I've been to a show, sort of thing. So they're like, it's their favourite weekend of the year. So it's just a great atmosphere, man. I, I had so much fun up there. And I was just, my usual self, just been a horrible man. And the heel heat I got was was great, man. Like my first time up there, I was nearly fighting with a drunk guy. Um, I'm sure I've drunk seen. Drunk guy tried to get in the ring, which is great. And oh. then I think the second time, there was a, a wee child who was trying to give me up, and I threw a chair at him. So that's one way to establish that you're a bad guy in it. When CPW, when they had their shows on YouTube, I ended up watching a couple of them. And yeah, their their fans are just they're rabid. They're ready for wrestling. But when you say that, they're only, I mean, what? Yeah, four four times a year they had shows, um, like so, yeah. on outward three months, and um, especially up that far. I mean, for me, Elgin. So I'll get one show a year in Elgin. There'll be one in Inverness, and then WrestleZone will run most of the time. Um, the other other side in Aberdeen uh, but Aberdeen's yeah. an arse to get to to be honest it's 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 a day it's an excursion for the day uh, so it's not like I could just go around and pop the wrestling and then get on the rest of my day uh, but yeah we're, we're quite when there's wrestling on the fans are usually very rabid because like you say central belt there you can pick and choose your shows most weekends when they were on um, yeah. and they're only within what an hour maybe of each other and and, some uh, shows like there's some weekends there's three shows across maybe 
30 mile radius, do you know what I mean? It's, it's metal. It's not hard to find wrestling, where obviously the further north you go, it's, it's harder and harder. So, ah, it was a lot of fun, man. And I think I only wrestled for Keith Ness twice. But I had, the two matches I had were both really fun as well. I think I wrestled Angel Hayes the first time. It was my first ever intergender match. I didn't really know how they would take it. But, like, as you know, she's one of the, the best talents in the country, man. Like, obviously, I trained well and stuff, but you take her in there where you don't realise how good she is. Um, and then the second time I was up, it was myself and Robert Wishart, an R guy that's been about for a long time, obviously, recreated himself, and we had absolutely great fun man oh that's a match I'm going to have to see because uh, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, uh, Robbie's matches around where he was doing where he was in Source and that at the moment where he's reinvention and and yeah I, I'm going to assume there's a lot of kicks being being thrown about quite aye it was quite just often. a pure war battered seven shades of dark stuff at each other but aye that's, that's a match I'd, we've spoken about it a few times hopefully we get to do it again somewhere else because that, that was great fun man um, I, I respect your your avoiding of of well, uh, of, well keeping up with the no swearing rule because uh, that was. I, was I seen the sweat coming down your forehead. <laughs> no, like, I'm going to have to edit this. I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so social media. You said you, you got you pretty much got a tag title shot in in Shield just through our, our show, social media interaction. Um, much, yeah. Other than the infamous photo, the other thing that went around social media quite a lot was uh, your gif. Um, kicking you know raw in the face. Uh, yeah. So have you, have you found during this this lockdown period that because there's no wrestling on, you've had to kind of up your social media game? And because I noticed you're, I'm, I'm one of many podcasts uh, that, that that have picked you up, uh, including uh, at this point it would have been a couple months on, but Jason Hyde's uh, attempt to socialise, which I listened to yesterday as of recording. Um, yeah. Is it just a, a case of just wanting to just find your ways to keep your name relevant, or um, is there any um, reason? Not really, man. Like when all the lockdown hit and that, I was quite disillusioned. Like I think everybody went through different ways of dealing with it, um, and I kind of took it quite tough because I've always been so active and stuff, and I was finding it quite hard. Um, that I wasn't able to train and, and do all the things that, that I like doing. So I just kind of didn't really bother for a long, for the first few months. Um, the social media, I just didn't see the point at all. Um, and then I just, I don't know if it was just through boredom and stuff, I, I started getting back on and I started sharing old matches and stuff just to, I don't know, just to give me a wee interest, give me something to, doing um, a bit of banter online and that led to obviously doing some podcasts and stuff so it was good man uh, yeah I mean uh, you're, you're, you're quite open with your with your mental health uh, struggles especially during this lockdown I mean not only that lockdown started in March and of course you know what happened in June and that was a whole, whole other thing um, yeah. so it's really good to see that you kind of picked yourself up. I know it's, good, it's still going to be coming ebbs and waves and and that, especially when when uh, at this stage, as of recording, there's 
there's lockdowns and tears and when it comes to this coming out in February, it could all be over, it could all still be going, it could be worse, we have no idea. So uh, we're, we're hoping not worse, obviously. But uh, it's good to see you've, you've put yourself out there. So I, I saw just, well, you messaged me after I, I offered uh, a spot, uh, which would have been coming out in November, but obviously things escalated between now and between when we chatted and when this is happening. Um, and you picked up a guys like Kurt Hansen and uh, of course, obviously Jason Hyde and and everywhere else. So have, have you found that doing podcasts and speaking about wrestling has kind of helped reignite a little bit of interest back into it, or at least been able to get some frustration out? Uh, or not yeah, being able to do definitely, it? man. Like, just I'm not right. Obviously, getting into details and stuff, but as you say. The, with the lockdown and all the other stuff that was happening, man, it was for a long time I questioned myself. Like, I didn't even know if this is what I was right to do anymore. Like, I think when things happen, man, you're, you don't think straight and your, your mind's out of place. Um, so for a long time, I just, at one point, I deleted social media. Like, I had my profiles and stuff, but I just wiped everything off my phone. Like, I needed a break for everyone. Um, and I got over that, and I, th- I think you're right, I, like, I started to enjoy wrestling again. I started to enjoy some parts of social media. Obviously, it's still... Twitter can be a great thing, but it can be a horrible thing at the same time. So I like parts of it, and I ignore all the, all the bad parts of it. I, I've found myself just able to block all that out, so... I doing stuff like this is good fun, man. This is like the party that I really enjoy. And like having a banter and like gifts and, and matches and like carry ons online and stupid things like that. That's that's the way it should be used. That's what I enjoy, do you know what I mean? So I think once you realise how easy it is to set up a, a Twitter account and how simple it is just to, to hide behind a, a profile picture. I think once once you realise that you can kinda kind of like ignore the negative ones because I know when I was when I started doing this podcast of course um, it's difficult to get some of the bigger names because if I'm getting the bigger names I have to discuss about things I don't want to discuss about because of what's happened um, so I was getting lots of trolls going oh why are you only speaking to trainees why are you only speaking to so and so and these are all accounts that were created that month yeah. so at first I was like oh, okay I'll, I'll go find other people to speak to but um, which I did but I don't think those conversations were as good because I was seeking someone to speak to me. Whereas if people seek to speak to me, they've got a story to share and it makes it better. I I find anyway, because like I said, I offered you a spot, but you didn't have to say yes. So if you said yes, there's ones I kind of went, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Kind of thing. I've I've forced them into this this environment. But of course you want you're having a bit of banter saying that everyone's doing podcasts but you but of course you you have got a story to share because um we'll be speaking for close to an hour so obviously there's there's, there's stuff to be said yeah. um i've rambled there that doesn't make sense but oh, sorry, man. um so we'll go back to questions because i think i've just got the one uh it's it's one of the older ones it's just from Jetstream jack he's put what do you think about shrek i don't know if he means the person or the film but i'll i'll let you decide I don't know if I'm absolute timeless classic, man. And the second one's even better, so. Aye. 
Absolutely. We, Brilliant. I think we discussed that the third one's pretty creepy with the with the wee. Uh, the, third, the third one's a bit strange. I, I wasn't a fan, but the first two are just genius. But Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy is a double actor, just absolutely hilarious. And uh, the only other question I've got before we do a little bit of a 10 count uh, word association um, is what's your favourite dinosaur? It's from Kevin Williams, that's his usual question, uh, which is uh, obviously mm, it's fitting to see as, as uh, he, he busted you open. <laughs> so yeah. he's got a question. Velociraptor. Oh, yeah. So the uh, ones that <laughs> that's, that's, that's the image I'm going with. Um, just because they're quite quick, nimble, or just because they look cool? They just look cool, man. Fair enough. I've, I've, I've had uh, many options. I've had Rex already. Uh, that, that's what's popped up quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think I had a couple of Lost Raptors, I'm sure. Um, you've got merch available. Uh, have, yeah. uh, nice white t-shirts with Prizefighter Dean Ford on them. Um, where Did you design the logo yourself? or? Uh, it was... Um... CRK Graphics um, designed a, a lot of the merch for the Scottish wrestling scene. Really good guy, man. Um, you'll find him on Twitter. I think I'm saying it right. If no, I'll, I'll log him. I'm sure, I'm sure I've yeah. seen him somewhere. I might have retweeted stuff with him before. Yeah, I, he, he was great, man. Uh, handled, a, handled a lot of stuff for me. Made it really easy. Um, and I, if, if MDs want a T-shirt, hit me up, man. We'll get your social media plugs right before we wrap up and, and we'll get people going your way. Um, like I say, this is coming out a little bit uh, earlier next year, so 2021. So if you got a big, big uh, influx of, of orders then, then uh, I'm hoping it'll be down to us. Uh, so we've got a 10 count. So it's really just 10 names, word association. I've picked kind of people that you've, you've uh, wrestled, spoke about in other places. Um, we might end up spinning off because I know that you've got a big love for who will be in our number 10 spot and uh, I'm, sure I'm well in for speaking about them. Um, so we'll just start off with number one. So word association, first thing comes to your head, Danny Edwards. Weasel. Krieger. Boyfriend. Number three, Rob Van Dam. Legend. Four, Undisputed Era. Cool. Five, Steve Blackman. Oh man, what a guy. As I can say, what a guy. Uh, six, Crow Cop. Genius. Uh, seven, Alistair Black. Inspiration. I'm not any other devil stuff in that. I, I mean, I've lived at the rain, but aye. Kick guys. Gives the kicks. Yeah, gives the kicks over the, the devil stuff. Uh, uh, eight, TJ Rage. Mentor. Nine, Jason Hyde. Friend. That's a nice one. Uh, ten, Shane McMahon. The absolute greatest of all time. I don't care what MD says. You know what? If you, if you go by by uh, per match overall, there's there's rarely been a bad match from Shane McMahon. See, rarely. 
I get so much. You've probably heard this on the Jason Hyde's podcast. I get so much stick for this man. Like people think I'm at it, and I'm genuinely not. Like if you go with the bare bones, right? Everybody's like, "Oh, he's he's not a proper wrestler." Well, what what is? What what do you? Why do you watch wrestling? What do you want? Yeah, you know what I mean. You want to be entertained. You want moments that you remember all your life. And you want to see stuff you've never seen before. Chain gives you every single one. How many guys have you seen jump off the Titan Tron before he done it? I, I actually, the guy jumped out of a helicopter and survived. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, like I say, if you go, go by per match basis, well, he's maybe had, what, 20 matches ever since 2000. And try and think of a bad one. Can't. Maybe King of the Ring, uh, 2000, uh, just 2000, not 2001, because that was the bit, one of the best matches of all time. Oh, I was, we were going to fall out there, boy. What, 2000 was the six-man tag? Ah, that was awful, but... Yeah, but 2001 <laughs> was the best match 2001, of all time. 2001, in my, I, my opinion, the greatest match of all time. Absolutely. That's, it's one of my, t- I would say top, I'd go top five ever. I'd have that. Yeah. And it would, it would, you would have another match kicking, like, chapping at the door as well. Versus Steve Blackman. Oh, that and even his match with Big Show at Backlash. Mm. I can't remember what year when they done the spot of the was it Last Man Standing match? They done the spot of the Titan Tron and then Test hung him on the, the camera. Mm. That, that was good, man. See, What's... just his creativity, amazing, man. Exactly. I mean, a guy he's... that isn't necessarily supposed to be a wrestler. Well. Find an guy that's not a wrestler and tell him to do a shooting star press at 55-year-old, you know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, he, he is literally the greatest wrestler of all time. He, he won he won a trophy in Saudi Arabia and everything, so... See, uh, that's my argument, but... Aye. No, I, I just think he's amazing, man. Even since I was a kid, I was like... There's, there was always something likeable about him, but, like, he got under your skin as well. Mm. He was good at what he was there today, do you know what I mean? Because the, the music and the dancing and the, I loved I just, I love Shane man. But no, go go back to your point, which is I think is the big overarching thing of wrestling now. It's moments. That's the big buzzword yeah. WWE have got at the moment. Uh, moment, uh, pardon the pun, but that that is what wrestling is. You go to a show and you come out at the end. Do, are you going to remember the the ten minutes of wrist locks and, and transitions? Or are you going to remember uh, the one guy doing the shooting star press? Could be a shooting exactly. star press. That's the bit you remember. But you can remember uh, all, all these these little things are, I mean, I will because I'm a nerd about this stuff, but are you is a kid going to remember this or are they going to remember uh, the big baldy guy, big baldy baddy uh, doing a spin kick and knocking someone out? That's the bit they're going to remember. This is what promoters want for their, their talent these days, especially as you say, as the bigger companies. They want stuff that they can put in a promo package or a highlight reel to, to show what their product is. You're not going to put 10 minutes of chain wrestling. I've nothing against that style of wrestling. I love to watch it. I don't do it very much because I'm not very good at it. But that's not something that you're going to put to promote your show. You're going to put people getting kicked, people doing dives, people doing stupid, I don't know, and through tables and stuff. That's the moments that people remember that want to come back. Mm-hmm. And Shane has one of them in probably every single one of his matches he's ever had. 
to the coast to coast against Vins, and then you elbow drop to the outside, the shooting star, the dive off the Titan Con. But no, that, that, that's it. I mean, wrestling in a show in itself is it's a variety show. You can have the chain wrestling, like I say, I don't mind it. It's not, it would be top of my list of things. Um, I find it difficult when I'm doing reviews and I see it's just loads of chain wrestling. I'm just like back and forth. I think it's one of the things, it's it's good when done well. Mm-hmm. Like, at the top level, when you've got guys like Zach Sabre and even in, in our country, guys like Andy Wilde and Liam and guys that are good at it, they make it look seamless. Dean Allmark, Jonathan Gresham, guys like that. But some people, when it's just under the look, rest up, like, there's only so much you can do and before it gets a bit stale, unless it is high-level stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I, I never you thought do, of that. You need a mesh everything, man, because, again, you don't want loads of spots either, like a full match for the spots. It's getting the, the balance and telling stories as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I never actually, last match I watched Randy Wilde, it was, he was do, he did all that, but he, like, he, he, he paused and, taunted the crowd, got them involved, and that's, you're exactly right, when it's done well, it's great, but if yeah. it's done just like, this is the movements we're doing, let's get them all done, and then move on to the next thing, it just, yeah. So like anything, man, thing. that, see if it looks like a contest, it's like, I don't know if you can remember that match last year, there was two young indie boys in America, I don't know if it was GCW or something, they tried to recreate the kind of ricochet, Osprey style spot, but they get so much stick because it wasn't as smooth. But, but it's a similar thing. Like that, anything done well looks good, but if you try and replicate it and it's not at the same level, it's it's not gonna look great. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, right, I'm just gonna double check to make sure I've got no other questions popping in. Uh, but no, I asked you about Shrek, which. Uh, I like Shrek, so that sounds fine. Um, any any dreams? Uh, any dreams? I don't want, don't want to know about vivid dreams, but um, any dream matches, dream promotions you want to get to when the shows return? Promotion-wise, obviously everybody's got great aspirations to go to the top, but I'm just en- enjoying just branching out, man. There's a few in Scotland that have still not wrestled I'd like to get on there, places like uh, Respect, Reckless Intent, Discovery, it's probably more I can't think of, there's obviously a lot in England, I've I've just kind of started it in England, um, branch out of so many good companies down there, Ireland, Europe, just keep branching out, keep doing my thing, keep learning man, uh, opponents, there's so many man, dream matches, Probably banning the guy I probably like to wrestle most, probably Matt Haskins. I think he's just a, a total hybrid of every different style. Like he can go hold for hold, he can strike, he can fly, he can do everything, man. Like, so good to watch. Um, another one's probably Speedball Mike Bailey. Just to, I think they just kick the cover at each other. So that'd be fun. Um, when you mentioned Discovery, uh, that was the one I, I had in my head because it's it's like for Scotland, I think it's it's one of the best hybrid companies. It has your 
like we were saying, it has the, the chain wrestling, but they bring in guys that are they can do it at a high level. And then they've got the the fun stuff. They, they bring in guys like Grado, and then they've got uh, Joe Henry, who can do just about anything as well. So it's it's that's definitely one of the places where I can see Dean uh, Ford. Yeah, product's really good, man, because I've been to the shows a few times, and as you say, they kind of tick all the boxes, you know what I mean? You've got your, your comedy stuff, like Grado and Shug D and Gene Money. You've got some high-level women's wrestling. Then you've got some tag stuff. Then you've got Holter Hold stuff. You've got American Andy style stuff. The Guy everything, you know what I mean? And that's a place I've wanted to work for, for a long time. Uh, obviously, ICW as well. I've, I debuted there last year. Um, but that's a place I'd, I'd love to get back into, man. There's, even just a, a roster just now, there's so many guys that I have wrestled before and guys that I have that I reckon I'd, I'd, I'd have great matches with. So hopefully once everything gets back to normal, we can push forward and try and make some of that happen, man. Excellent. Right, so I won't keep you any longer. I think we've just about just over the hour mark and... Uh... Uh, it's it's just past nine to, to go behind the curtain here, um, and it's winter, so it's dark, it's rubbish out there. So let's let's just wrap up and uh, go to sleep or get a drink or whatever. Uh, but yeah, where can people find you on social media? Where can they they go and buy your your merch? So on Instagram and Twitter, I am Dean Ford underscore B R Z F T R because I was too lazy to write guys for you. Um, my Facebook I think it's Dean Ford PW um, if you message me on any of the platforms uh, just private message me if, if you want to buy a t-shirt just let me know I'll get that sorted that would be, be brilliant um, and also if possible can I plug my November page well I'm sure it'll still be up uh, come February uh, oh February it might not be I'll plug it anyway, and if it's up, and MD would like to donate, I don't know the the code for it, but if Billy well, would be nice enough to drop it somewhere, that'd be much appreciated. Um, well, I'll do. I'll, if if I'll, I'll find the link after we've wrapped up, and I'll put it out now uh, as of recording, uh, just to, to time it, just so just people can get in, because it's just about the end of November. So we'll, I'll do that perfect, as man. well. That's much so. appreciated. Thank you. So uh, any, you... any donations on that would be be fantastic. I just hope people don't go go list this in February and then go back to my, my page around about then 18th of November and I haven't done it and I'll go and look like a read. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'll definitely do that. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, oh, thanks for having me. It was good fun, man. I've, I've super enjoyed it and uh, hopefully... Good hope to be this, positive about wrestling again for a change. That's what this podcast's for. We don't want to, to go on all the, the bad stuff because we don't want to end up being depressed ourselves. We just want to have a bit of fun. Chill. Relax. Rest is supposed to be fun. Exactly. So we'll try Rest to keep is it that supposed way. to be fun. I think that's the best way I to do it. I had a great time talking about Shrek, Splatheads <laughs> and everything in between. It was literally the first thing I had on my notes here. W3L head split. Because that was the first <laughs> thing I wanted to ask about. But um, yeah, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. Thank you.